What's going on, everyone? My name is Dallas. You're listening to Vic Food Stories, and this is the place where we talk about food in and around Victoria, BC. And today's episode, I have Israel here with me. How you doing? Good. How are you, Dallas? Dude, I've been waiting for this one for so long. Yeah? Like, you have no idea. It's When did you first come to Victoria? Last year? Um, that was probably was April, April? April 2019. Exactly. Yeah. And like, dude, ever since I first, um, I first met you, I'm like, this guy is, is like, he's special. He's doing special stuff. Thanks, and I mean, anybody that's had your, like your tacos that you make yeah. or anything that you do with, um, with your next to mall process, like they know that this is unlike anything else in the city. Well, thanks for that. You've done a very good job. Well, so, thanks. So that's, <laughs> I tried to keep up. <laughs> so that's a little bit of feedback I have for you Thank right you. off the jump. But, um, I know that you have a, a long history in the industry working with food. And I'm just kind of curious if you could sort of let the people that aren't familiar with you, let them know sort of what your background is. Yeah. The, um, I mean, that's a, kind of like a long history, but not too much. I think like 18, 20 years, probably yeah, working in kitchens. Very, not that long, you know, just like 20 years. Just 20, maybe 15, 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, always very interested in food uh, and, and uh, you know, like living in Mexico City, raised and born in Mexico City. That just allows you to to see many places where food is available. You know, like you're talking from like any restaurants in the streets and in restaurants anywhere in Mexico City, you'll see food all the time. Um, so I, um, I didn't know what, what, what I wanted to do with my life, you know? Um, and one time I went to Cancun, I, I, I figured out that will, that will be something I will be able to put myself into it, um, cooking. Um, I saw a couple of chefs on the, one of the resorts, you know, and, and cooking on the, on the beach. How old were you? I was probably like 17, 18. Okay. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like it looks, looks like a cool thing to do. Right. Do you so, remember what they were making? Uh, they were doing some kind of like flambés in the, on, on the, at night. So it was like an event, special event in there at the hotel. And then, and then they, you see how they set up their stuff and then they're cooking like pretty much in front of you and things like that. So I thought that was cool. And then, um, years later I decided to, to put myself into a culinary program and, and, uh, and do it. And that first experience, what about it sort of spoke to you? Do you think like what, what was really cool about it? Like what's, what really got you inside? I, I think it's all, my whole, my whole career, I think has been like being in connection with the people you are, you're cooking for. That's all. That's pretty much what I, I really enjoy. I, uh, that, that's very satisfying when, when you do something for somebody else. Right. Um, and in my culture, it's also the same thing is it's like when grandma, when your mom, when, you know, they spend hours in your birthdays or they spend hours cooking for, for the family. And then when they actually have to serve the food, they're, they're happy. And then that makes me happy. So I think that's one of the main reasons why I, I decided to do it. Okay. And so you, you enrolled in a culinary program. Yeah, so I did that, and then I, I, I tried a couple of things, and then um, finally I started with the two-year program, and then finally, after those, those two years, uh, I was able to go to Spain and work, and as well have some more education in there. Um, and, and so what were you, where were you in Spain? That was in, uh, the province is called Galicia, and that's northern, northern Spain, uh, close to Portugal. Um, and so what were you, what were you cooking there? Well, um, that was that place that I worked for. It's one of the, one of the 
best places in, in, in La Coruña, which is the city. Um, and they're specialized in seafood. Um, and I never were with that quality of, of seafood in my life. And, and, and that was such a great experience, like looking at uh, in the morning when they got, when you got those, um, those, the, those guys in, in their scooters and then just go with a net in the back and they're just like offering you like produce, right? Like they got oysters, you got like, you got crabs and then you got like things that are never seen before. And they're like, wow, that's just like pretty much like sea to table. Huh, I right? love it. So that, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. See the fork. Yeah. <laughs> see the fork. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then after that, when you know, I came back to Mexico City, um, and I I always wanted to I always wanted to work for 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 a good for a good chef, you know, for something that will inspire you. And I I ended up um, having a an interview, a work interview with Chef Enrique Olvera from uh, from Pujol. And, um, it was just a very casual chat. And then he, he, he just asked me when, when can you start? Really? And how did that, how did that connection come to be? You know, I, I was being, I, I'm always very, um, driven to what I like to do. And so I, when I saw, and I read about the, the restaurant, he was doing something completely different in, within Mexico in you know, in Mexico city. And then I immediately, I was just capture my mind and like, I, I want to work for this guy. I want to, I want to be part of this. So every time I, I've, I've had interviews, I just go and ask for the chef, you know, but the, the, all those few, few places I've been working and I, I just go and like, ask, is the chef available or is I, can I speak with him? And luckily that was, uh, that was the case. He was, uh, he was at the table, uh, just doing some, some stuff. And then I asked, um, one of the, one of the servers, uh, and knock the door and be like, Hey, is the chef over here? And then she's like, yeah. So you, uh, so you just like walk in the I restaurant? Ju I just walk in the restaurant and ask for really? the chef. And then it was just like connection, instant connection. Right. And then, and at that point, uh, was Pujol as acclaimed as it is now? No, it was not. Um, it, it was probably the second year that they, that they opened the restaurant. Um, but at that time, um, it was, Pujol was, was getting into that position of being, um, one of the best restaurants in, in, in the city. Yeah. Because for people that don't know what, it, what is it ranked now? Uh, right now it's uh, number 12 around the world by the San Pellegrino list. Yeah. And, um, and I think last year it was number one in North America. Yeah. Which is absolutely uh, which insane. Is, which is insane. Like, you know, look, looking at what, what Mexican food now, now these days is, is this is crazy. This is like so proud of it, right? Like a, a Mexican restaurant being one of the, one, the best restaurants in North America is that's dope. That's really crazy. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's cool that you sort of got in and you were able just to walk in and make that connection organically. And, uh, and then you got to work there, I guess. Hey, yeah. So I, I started like anybody else, right? Like you start like line cook. Um, um, and then, you know, you, you put yourself into discipline and, and a lot of hours and energy and, and, and you, and then coming from, coming from, um, coming back from Spain, uh, I mean, Spain was a, a really good sp spot for me to, um, to develop those disciplines and those skills and, and, and the audacity of like getting in the morning earlier and getting up in the morning earlier and, and just go to work. Cause, um, they, they have a different schedule, you know, they, they work in the morning and they have a little break and you have to come back. Um, so I, I put a lot of hours into, into going to the restaurant, then going to, for uh, to go into school and then having a second job at night. 
So that was that was six days a week like that. So when I actually went to Puyol, that was like an easy breeze, you know, like it's just like this is this is I'm trained, so I'm I'm good. <laughs> Well, you've been going so hard, right? Yeah. I mean, I can imagine that being at Pujol, it must have been uh, a very uh, different environment, I, I guess you could say, than maybe than you would find here in Victoria. Absolutely. Was yeah. it? Were, were they always? Do you know with Pujol has it sort of um, changed over the years, or were they operating at the same then as they are now? No, everything. Like one of the things that I I, I admire about Pujol is that um, it's the uh, the the endless um, type of. Um, they're always evolving, mm-hmm. you know, they're always like in transition. Um, and I, I saw transitions since the beginning, you know, like decoration, like menu tastings, uh, um, the way we approach food, the way we approach Mexican food after, you know, cause we started with like, not, not as a, not, not as a Mexican restaurant. It was more like, uh, we using Mexican ingredients with uh, French North American technique. Um, because one of the things that people might, might don't know is that Enrique Vera was, um, he, he went to the CIA in New York. So he worked with like Charlie Trotter. He worked like very good, very good, very good chefs down uh, in, in the States. So when he came back to, to Pujol and opened his own restaurant, um, that was this, his style, you know, that, that yeah, we, we looking at Mexican ingredients, but we, we cook with like North American French technique. Okay. And that was like the beginning of, of, of Puyol. Yeah. So like a very unique, just, you're not going to find any other stuff like that. Any other stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was it like working in a setting like that? Um, well, it's, it's, um, it's just stressful in in a way that you enjoy it. I mean, it's just like you go every day and you go hard. You can't go with like low stamina and like, Oh, I'm, I'm tired. No, you just go and you get up and then, and you have responsibilities and you have to motivate your staff. You have to motivate yourself and, uh, and put yourself also in a position where, um, there's a bar, you know, there's a level, there's a standard and you cannot accept less than that. And everyone on the team sort of has to be, no one will accept less than that, that standard. Yeah. Right? And, and it becomes like a culture that actually, um, becomes some sort of, um, um, like everybody watch their backs, you know, I'm like, if some, if we see that someone is like lacking of like, um, I mean, finesse in, in the dishes or like the production is not getting the way we want it. It's like, okay, let's, let's figure out what's going on here. You know, cause, cause at the end of the day, uh, the, the end product is, is, is what it, what is the most important part of, of our days. Yeah. And, and I can imagine like, it must be a really well, well oiled team. Like everyone has to sort of, like you're saying, if somebody or something happens, other people might need to step in, Yeah, but then you just, you just work as a smooth, smoothly oiled machine. Yeah. Forward. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, because like one of the things that I, I, I will, I will, I all the time said is that, um, the, the, the kind of level of kitchens, it, it, it's just, it's just a nonstop. It's just a nonstop, uh, constant battle. And, and you always pushing, push the pushing part is, is, is something that, um, I learned a lot. It's like, no matter what happened, you keep pushing. You Do know? you ever feel like, like burnout? Oh yeah, of course. Like you, you get to a point when you kind of burn out a little bit. Um, but what brings you back is, it's just the passion and, 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 you know, I had, a, I actually had a little, a little, um, um, a little break in between, uh, my years in Puyol cause I was, I was tired of it. Um, but one of the things that Enrique always said to me is like, well, I know you're going to come back because this is what you do. Right. So I have a little break and I was missing 
I was completely missing um, the action and and the passion and 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 yeah, it's tired being in your own feet for fifteen hours and and having that much responsibility. Because at the end of the day, when I left Puyol, I was the chef de cuisine, right? And between those years, also Puyol started expanding. So we not we, we're not just doing the restaurant side. We just always we were doing also like caterings and workshops. So there was um, um, we kind of like a branch out a little bit more with with within the within the business. Um, so managing a lot of stuff and and taking care of yourself as well, it, it takes a tool on and, and, and your body. Dude, that's so hard trying to manage like that work life balance. Yeah, and making sure that like you're okay just for, for fundamentally on a human being level first. I mean, I struggle with that. Yeah, because like I right now I'm pretty much busier than I've ever been in my life. But like I feel totally happy and pumped. Yeah, I almost do better when I'm just got my head down and I'm just going, and I can't really think about stuff. I don't know. It sounds like you do you thrive in that um, in that mode as well, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I mean, it's one of the things I always, um, I was having my mind. It's like when I feel under pressure, it's like I'm, I, it's when you feel on, uh, like when you're in the ocean, right? And the waves are crashing you, and they're like, you just go down, you just go deep, and like surf it, right? You go the talking, and then you. I almost, out. I almost like, like it that when like pressure's on me and if I fail, it's my fault, like, yeah. it, and it comes back on me. Mm. I almost like having that pressure where it's like, I can't redirect it to anybody else. This, if I mess up, it's me, but, and, and there's a lot of pressure like, like that, but I, I don't know what it is for me. I just thrive, I think better in those situations. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's, 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 it's some, some part of it for sure. Like having pressure and it just allows you to, to explore yourself uh in, in different levels and then and they're always trying to find the best way to, to get out you know and and do it well yeah, yeah. and i know uh, uh pujol and enrique they were featured on chef's table on uh on netflix i think in season two i think they did an episode on pujol yeah that's right so there was um there was quite a spotlight on pujol yeah and i know that uh something happened i guess right before you left mexico yeah um maybe because there there was a bit of a spotlight or something and i don't know if you could speak a little bit about that yeah i mean it's it's always been, it's always been a controversy of, of what happened to me in mexico city before i left puyol um and um i think people people see success in in, the, in with within like with different eyes you know um i was kidnapped in mexico city before leaving puyol um and it was, they call it like a express kidnap. Like they leave to you for like two days, right? And then it's kind of like a quick, but it seems like it's not quick. Well, no, I couldn't imagine yeah. like, because you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. At that time, um, um, I've just never seen it coming. You know, it, it's something that, it's something that people, people know it's happening in Mexico. And like you see in Colombia, it's, it's always like, it's always kidnappings and things like that. But in Mexico City, we are so many people, you know, 30 million people in Mexico City. You're like, oh, that's never going to happen to me, right? Like, and you're also so so involved with what you're doing every day that that doesn't cross your mind that that you might be a target mm -hmm. for something like that. So that 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 time, I was uh, I was I left Pujol that day, and then I was I was at that time I was with my one of my ex girlfriends and. Um, um, she, she and I, we went for drinks and then we came back and then, uh, she went inside the house and then I was in the car and then all of a sudden, like 
a lady asked me for an address out of the car, which was weird. They, they park in front of me with the brights on. I'm like, what's going on? And then immediately this person asked me for, a, for an address. I'm like, oh, I have no idea. Like, I'm not, I'm not from this neighborhood. And, and as I see that, then I see, I just saw two guys coming towards me. And then you're like, what's going on? Right. And then they put your gun in the head and be like, Hey, jump in the back seat. And for what? Right. Like for what? And then like, when you say for what, that you just see, you just smash the head with, with the gun. It's like, okay. I, and then you understand what's really, going so on. Like there's no playing around at there's all. There's no play around. Like yeah. I'll be quick. You know I mean, they, they're not messing around, right? They, they know their, their way to get people. So I was like, okay. Then I just jump in the back and, um, one guy is driving my car. The other guy is in the passenger seat. The lady drove the other car to where they were going to keep me. Um, and that time my girlfriend, at that time, my ex-girlfriend came, came back from, from the house and, and just like, look at, look at the streets and be like, what's going on? Where are you going? Right? So she called me and then the guy's like, well, you know what? Like, just tell her you're going to, you're going to get some, something on 7-Eleven or whatever. So I say, well, I'm just going to get some, whatever. I didn't remember what I said and that was it. And then from that, they, you know, they take you to places and, and they just want your money and they know who you are. They, they know who you were for. So they, so you, so you feel that you were targeted. Yeah. In that. I, I thought, yeah. And, and that was, uh, and that was just, um, that was just a very bad experience, you know, cause, um, after that I have to, I have to decide what I wanted to do. Uh, if I want to stay in Mexico or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then knowing that there was not much support from, from the authorities when I, when I, when they, so I went the next day and be like, Hey, I got, I just got kidnapped. And they're like, well, you're fine. You have, you have fingers, you have your ears. Like typically people do something to you. you know. And anyway, that was, that was just a weird, a, a very weird, um, something that is like a tattoo in my, in my story. And it's just, it's like, I was born here in Victoria and like, I haven't traveled that much. So like, I just, it's such a different world where something like that could happen than what I'm used to here in Victoria. And I just, I can't fathom what that, yeah, what that would feel like. And I mean, I don't know if you want to speak about it, but the way you got out of the situation, I, yeah. I don't know how you, how you came <laughs> up with that. Um, you know what, it, it, it's just, it's, it happens pretty quick, but at the same time, it, it, it takes, it takes forever in your mind to know where you are and, and how the time goes, you know, like the time can go for like one day to another. Yeah. Um, just basically they were just wanted to clear all my credit cards, my debit cards, like everything, my saving cards, everything. Um, and once they, they start talking about like getting in contact with my family, then is when I have the red, the red alert is like, oh, this is not going to go well. Because once they start trying to to do some negotiation with your family, then things are just going to get really messed up. Um, and I, I just have to like think something very quick and super smart and be like, I'm just going to pretend that I have, um, that I'm having like a breakdown. Like I'm just having a, what is that called? A scissor or like oh, seizure? a seizure. Yeah. So I just started like producing a lot of saliva in my mouth and just going on the floor and then tell this lady that was the lady that actually asked me for this address. She was the one that was taking care of me. And I just tell, I just told her I need my medications. Uh, I, I have this and that, and, and I might just die if I don't have, like, I'm going to get bad. And yeah, she just called them and be like, this guy is just, uh, it's been half an hour. He's been on the floor and he's just like, he's probably going to die. Cause I was, 
I was just, I was just basically just um, faking it, right? And then they came back, and then they said, "Yeah, let's let's get the, let's get this guy out of here, and then just dump it somewhere." But at the time, it's just a risk because you don't know they're gonna shoot you on on the head and and dump you anywhere. You know, you don't know anything about it. So I, I played it. I played the risk very high, and um, you know, I'm very grateful that that I'm that I'm alive and uh, and and I'm nothing really much happened to me rather than just the psychological effects of like having that experience in, in life right yeah and i i don't know i mean i don't want to speak for you but i must imagine going through something like that must kind of give you almost like a appreciation for life is that yeah would that be fair yeah no absolutely yeah. Um, um every time i'm in a situation where i feel very down or i'm just like damn i just don't know what's going on right now you're like okay you know, it, it can be worse. You know, you, you went through a lot of hard situations and that was one that actually, um, it's, it's like a point of, of, for me, it's like, in the, like, you see my history of life and it's, that's, that, that just marks everything mm -hmm. else. Cause I basically I have to move out of the country. I have to remove myself. I make that decision, even though I was able to go and work for, I know, six months or a year in, I don't know, you name it, the best restaurants in the world. You know, Enrique was like, you just go six months, uh, we'll pay you the same salary. You go there and you come back, you know, we want you here and hopefully you can recover from, from this experience and come back. You know, he also had one attempt of kidnapping Mexico. So that was, that was quite, quite shocking. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, I mean, you've told me this story before. And it just listening to it, like, yeah, I just can't imagine it's, it's very, like, it's very powerful. Yeah. So to see that, that like, I, I'm, I'm, it's sort of inspiring to me that you're using that as something, like you said, when you have a down day and yeah. you're like, things could be worse. They yeah, it could be worse. And I mean, but what, I think what I, what I take the most of from that is that I, I'm, I never thought I was going to be in Canada. You know, I never thought I was going to be in, um, so when I, when I, when, so when that happened, I, I was, I was, I was, I was able to, to make a decision and, and see what I, what, what I, what I want to do with my life now, you know, I have these options and I, I can go work six months in at Noma or, um, in Brazil or anywhere. Right with the connections of Puyo and come back, or I can move out of the country and start a new life from, from zero. So that, that was, a, that was a very, um, a very difficult moment to choose which one I want to do. How right? long did that take you to sort of figure that out and, and come to a decision? Uh, I, well, I don't know. I think, I think it was like maybe in a, within like two or three weeks when I'm like, you know, things start coming to me and, and then I just make the decision and, um, and it was very, it was very tough because, um, you know, um, friends and, and even people from Pujol and even the chef were like, um, well, it's, it's, you're building your career here and then we know you're going to do well at some point. And then you might not even, um, want to, want to go to Canada or to the United States. I have two options to go to one, to one to United States and one to Canada and, or go anywhere else for six months and come back. That, that was a decision where I'm like. I just want to be outside of Mexico. I never, I, I, I didn't feel safe. And that was, that was something that, I, um, that I just had to do it. And so at that point is that, did you, did you come right to Canada? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, uh, I, so I, at 2008, there was, uh, this, um, job hunters and they, they wanted to, to hire a skill, skilled cooks to go to Edmonton. 
and never never knew what Edmonton was, you know, and and then until I got there. Had you ever heard of the word Edmonton? Nope, never. 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 Uh, I've always, you know, when when you look at, at the Canada, you're like all Toronto, Montreal, uh, Vancouver, right? Yeah. That's like that's what you want to be, uh, or at least where you where you where you can put your yourself in in in, in a position where your skills can can do something in those cities, right? In terms of like restaurants and and what's going on with food in there. Um, so yeah, that basically I just have to rule myself and, and start from zero, you know, and, and that was tough. That was really tough because um, it, it just changed your life completely. Yeah, I mean, you weren't, you weren't anticipating doing that, right? No. Not at all. And then you were sort of put in a situation where you're kind of forced. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was forced, uh, but it was such a good choice. And I'm, I'm right now, I'm pretty happy that, that um, you know, so you, after 10 years, I, I, I've received my citizenship and, and now I'm like for du you. dual citizenship. So it pays out at, at the end, you know, you just keep working and, and, and pays out for of sure. Of course. Yeah. And so you came to Edmonton Yeah. and then how long were you there for? Uh, about 10 years. Oh, so, oh, so you, I didn't realize. So you were in Edmonton the whole time and then you came here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was uh, 10 years in Edmonton. That was a. Uh, okay. So then, so where were you working at, 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 at in Edmonton? So when I first started, I, I worked for this um, um, chain restaurants are called Original Joe's. Yeah. Yeah. I worked for them for about four years until I got my PR. And then after I got my PR, I started working for other places like uh, casino restaurants and small restaurants, independent restaurants, things like that. Were you doing all different types of cuisine or was yeah. it the same? No, I was doing like a lot of things. I was doing like Italian. I was doing like some sort of like a French Canadian. I was doing uh, things like that. I never, I never worked in a Mexican restaurant. That's, really? That's for sure. No, I never, I never, uh, I never got to. Would you say that you bring any of those aspects at all with what you do now? Or is it, are you doing a hundred percent authentic to Mexico or do you, do you add any type of little thing that you've learned along the way? Like you, like, you mean if, if when I cook things, I, I like, do I cook completely Mexican? Yeah. Um, or, or do you add little, little things you might've picked up along the way cooking different cuisines? Yeah. I mean, some techniques you, you, you're like, oh, I like this one or I like, I like to add this into this. Right. Yeah. Um, but when it, when it comes about authenticity and, and cooking Mexican, I, I think, um, it's a, it's a very broad term in terms of, um, if I have to say that in terms of, um, um, being authentic, you can only be authentic in, in the country where, where this food comes from. So for me, authentic Mexican food is only in Mexico. Yeah. Cause it's okay. when you, when you get like the culture, you get the produce and, and you get the technique and you get all that stuff. You, you cook authentic in Mexico. It's just something I, cause the ingredients, I imagine if you're having it there in Mexico, even if you're using like technically the same stuff here, it, there's a difference, right? It, it travels like food travels. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's just like, to me, that's important. Like, I mean, one of the things I, I do here is like, I'm, I'm from Mexico city. Um, and, but I'm in Vancouver Island. So I was like, let's, let's match it up. Let's yeah, see, how, let's how did see you, how did you arrive at coming to Victoria? How did that happen? So in, in 2013, when I've, uh, I was, I was about to get my PR, I was like, I've, I think I, I, I want to expand my, my horizons. Right. And then, uh, I had a friend in Mechotzin right now. Um, his name is Chad. So hi Chad. Shout out to Chad. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, he went to Edmonton and he worked with me at the original Joe's and uh, so I have a connection with him and in 2013 I I decided to make the trip and and get to know Victoria because he was always like man that city is like is super cool and you will love it in there and then so he got me the spark and then I just made the trip and I actually get a I got a job for um, uh, at Euclid in yeah, it's that close to Tofino, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and one of the resorts in there, and I and I and I and I I did like maybe three weeks in there, and then I have to come back to Mexico for um, for a, just for a, like a conference of uh, it's called Mesamerica, and it's actually run by at that time it was run by Enrique, Chef Enrique, um, and then uh, but you know what? I just I never felt connection with with cooking Italian or cooking French. I was like. I don't feel the connection. It's not something that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about it. So that was, that was a good, that was a good point in my life when I realized I, th- I, th- I think I'm missing my own, my own food culture. Yeah. So is that where you, where you, did you make a conscious choice at that point then that you wanted to pursue doing or pursue doing Mexican cuisine? Yeah. Yeah. That was a moment where I'm like, I feel that I am, I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'm just ready to, to start doing something, you know, when you, cause when you are an immigrant, I, I mean, a lot of things happen to you, you know, and you gotta, you gotta adapt to the country. You, you have to learn the language. Like I was not able to speak like right now we're, I mean, I still have a lot of errors and mistakes when I no, talk about it. Right. But like, but like I was not, I'm, I mean, what really saved me at those first years in Canada working for, you know, Joe's is just experience that, that you got working in, in, in kitchens. I was not able to understand hundred percent what all the servers were saying to me or the guy talking to me. And that's funny. Cause one of the things that, that I always say to people is like, in those kitchens, you got one guy or two guys from Philippines, two, three guys from India, uh, maybe one Canadian and two Mexicans and they all have different accents, right? So when the Indian guy is calling the bills, I was like, I have no idea what this guy is saying. Like, did he call for chicken or did he call for something like, you know? And then you just like, just, you gotta make yourself and, and you know. And... So did you, how much English did you speak when you came to Canada? Not much. Like basically nothing? Um, just the basics, you know, like to, to survive kind okay, of thing, you yeah. know, cause you have to go through a, to a, to the immigration process with the embassy of Canada and, and, and you got one interview. So they know that you, you are able to survive or at least to communicate I see. because you are a skilled worker and you need to understand what is going on in, at your job place. So. And so did you, were you doing Mexican food before you came to Victoria or was Victoria the move where you finally were, were making that shift? Um, no, in Edmonton. Um, so in 2016. Um, after having two years of my permanent residence, um, I decided to, to start doing something that I, that I, that I, uh, that I was, I was going to be proud of it and I was going to be happy doing it. Right. Um, but there are some other challenges that comes with, um, so I started doing a pop-ups in, 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 in Edmonton. So I had this project called Kumal Mexican table dinner. Uh, the name Komal means basically the, the clay round, um, surface, right? Like a vessel where you cook tortillas. That's a Komal, C-O-M-A-L. Okay. Um, Is that, is that the, the, the surface? Yeah, that's the surface. The the, the heats up and you cook the tortillas on them. Okay. So that's, that's like one of the other foundations of Mexican cuisine. No, it's like, where do you cook your tortillas? You cook it in a Komal, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's like, that's a great name. I, I name it like that. 
um, it took well, um, and we got attention, and and it it, it was good. But um, I mean, Edmonton, um, for some reason, you know, and I love Edmonton, and, and I love the people um, that always support me down there. But I I think after the um, after doing that for almost two years. Um, it didn't took the way the way it didn't took off the way I wanted to. Uh, so what what was not going the way you wanted it to? In what way did it not take off? So doing the pop ups, uh, you know, you have your you have basically you have to work your 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 full time job, whatever you you do that, and then on, pl- on top of that you you have to to put time and effort to do everything around um, doing a pop up. You know, so I will go to restaurants or I will go to. Uh, cooking schools or, or studios where like uh, that allow me to do pop-ups so that was a, a lot of, a lot of work um but um at the same time it was fun the way the way that didn't didn't take the way i wanted is because um i i think that time the market wasn't um in the best position to for people to invest and um and i think that the the main the main reason was that I mean, the timing wasn't uh, ideal for 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 this project and and I'm glad that happened because you know like right now after coming to Victoria, um, it, it's been it's been amazing. So I, I it's just I just love it here. Side question. Yeah. How much did the weather play a factor? <laughs> <laughs> did you like the cold? Uh, you know what? Like I'm not gonna lie. The first five years I was really into snowboarding and like going to the hills and like getting you know getting to know those experiences. After the after the fifth year, I, I was just like, oh well, um, I, I think this is getting too much. You know, I think that the long winters is something that really take a toll of your body, and 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 at some point, yeah, it just it just didn't didn't make it for me anymore. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, Victoria, it's like as as sort of as I don't know what the word is as a level as you can get as far as as weather goes. Like, there's no extreme either way. So uh, it you was. Made a good I choice. mean, la- last winter I didn't feel I didn't feel that much of a winter. That was just you run like, around in shorts. I was like, well, no, not that much. But I was just <laughs> like, this is this is like this is doable, <laughs> dude. I, I'm so, so you got to Victoria, yeah, and uh, and then you started working at the breakwater. That's right. Yeah, and then I, I so when the breakwater first reopened and and David was down there yeah. and he was doing his stuff, and I think that was the first time that was he told me about you. And he's like, there's this amazing guy coming to the city. And he's like, I can't wait for you to meet him. Cool. And then that's when the the breakwater changed format. And then you came in downstairs there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just, it was mind blowing to see what you were doing there. Just absolutely mind blowing. And, and seeing the space that you had, like you didn't have much space to work with. Yeah. <laughs> you, you really didn't. People and, and don't I, know that. <laughs> no, you, you had no space. And I, I spent a little bit of time in the kitchen back there with you. Yeah. And uh, it was just amazing to see. And when, when I would, when I would like say like how amazing the, th- the food is and you're like this is just entry level yeah I mean- like it, it's you're not saying <laughs> it's still obviously amazing but you're saying like there's a lot more that you that you're able to do that you haven't had a chance to do yet yeah i mean yeah i mean everything comes with like within space and within tools and and, and resources right uh, being able to have resources around around your your workspace allows you to do better things you know when you're restricted to this many space, this much of a space, or this equipment, or how many pans, or how many pots you have, or you name it, refrigeration, storage, like all those things are counts 
and there are various and there are actually essential part of your of your outcome you know as 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 uh, you know planning a menu all that stuff yeah um yeah it's it, it, it was it was a challenge because um i was doing um I, I was doing like charcuteries and and cheese boards and all that stuff and when they do the renovation upstairs um i noticed that my my the menu i was i was doing um at that time wasn't going anywhere it was just like sometimes i would not have much to do and i got worried like oh so i just brought the idea of like you know why why we don't just do um tacos right and yeah dude and they were like tacos like what kind of tacos and i say the tacos that i do you know and then we're like but the thing is nobody in victoria knows those tacos yeah no i i guess i guess people people have a have a perception of 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 tacos and uh, from you know from i mean i have a different perspective of tacos well sure. i mean i think we should we should sort of get into maybe the cultural significance of tacos yeah because tacos I like that are are not um there, there's so much more behind them that i think that people growing up in like victoria and in canada and stuff they they just have no clue how important uh tacos yeah. are to mexican culture yeah it, it, you know what it's it's about it's about understanding the the, the 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 um the elements of of what taco is made of you know um we call about like people people sometimes uh have a have a, have a trouble understanding what's tortilla and what's taco you know they call taco what i call tortilla and i call tortilla it's a tortilla it's just a flat bread right yeah um but i mean the foundation i mean the main the main part of, of a taco is, is a good tortilla um it's it, when i see other other cultures like let's say pizza right you got a frozen frozen pizza frozen dough you know that you, you know and, and then you put put elements on top and you put it in the oven but you taste it and you're like that dough is just um you know when a pizza it's not well done right and it's like it doesn't have that that good taste i know? i completely understand right? i think what you're saying and like yeah if you if you if you have a pizza with really good dough yeah. It just, it sets the stage for when you start adding really good ingredients on top of that, that's when it goes next level. It's yeah. To me, to me, tortilla is just like the, 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 the most important part of a taco. If I don't have a good tortilla, I, it's like, it's like building a, building a house in a sand on the beach where like, you know, you know, the, the waves are just going to crash one day and then just collapses. Right. And that's what's happened with tacos made of masa harina. When you grab them, um, they break. They they can hold fillings, they can hold sauces, they can hold all the weight, and that for me it's it's something that I I, I put a lot of effort and and um, and it's part of my culture. It's part of, of what I I was I was able to see when I was a child. You know, like growing up, I mean, like this is this this are tortillas. This is how we make them, and 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 the labor that comes that that is, comes behind. It's it's a labor and it's very intense, you know. And yeah, and this is not a quick thing that you can just whip out a taco or a tortilla, right? Not at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, we talk about like um, one of the most um, most trusted part of uh, of, of being uh, Mexican is to find maseca in your in your pantry. I, I just hate that. I, I hate maseca so much. <laughs> so, for people that don't know what maseca is, maybe could you share with them? Yeah, so it's basically it's an instant corn flour made of mixed amount of dough. But what they do is they, they they massively produce this this dough and they dehydrate it in blasters. We don't know what's going on in there in that in that in that period of dehydration. 
um, you lose all the nutrients, you know, and the texture is not the same. The aromas are not the same. Um, flavors are lost. Um, I mean, it's day and night. It's it's some of the other the other comparisons that I do all the time uh, when I share this is that uh, if you like good coffee, you know, you, most people like a good coffee, and you go to, you go to the coffee shop and then you got like espresso, you got like an americano or whatever, right? And you know, it's a good coffee that is 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 freshly ground. But when that's the same thing, you got instant coffee in once in one cup, and then you got your ground coffee. That you you make an americano or espresso you taste both you you are gonna tell me that you're gonna speed the other one because the instant coffee is just like it's, it's horrendous <laughs> you know? well the thing about your tortillas and, and every time i have them it just it, it further cements it in my head that like you there, there's just so much more depth to what you're experiencing yeah it's it's not this little sort of um like not not throw a, uh i don't know the prob the best way to say it but like, there's there's just so much more substance in yours. Yeah, I mean, nixtamal. Uh, I mean, we, when we talk about nixtamal, it's just the, it, people sometimes think that uh, you can get corn from the field and make tortillas. Uh, what I actually use is the grain. So once it's completely dry and break into kernels, that's what I use to make tortillas: a dry kernel, a grain, as a grain, not as a vegetable, as a grain. And then you add water, and it's basically three ingredients. You know, you, you got your um, you got alkaline solution, which is the calcium hydroxide or it's lake lime, water and corn. That's only three ingredients. There's nothing else in there. For you, for you to make a batch of uh, tortillas, though, how long is that process from like start to finish? Um, it takes twenty hours just to get the dough, um, and it, it's not a constant thing. Um, so what you do is you 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 cook the corn for several time, uh, several minutes. And then you add your calcium hydroxide, whatever, and then you cook it for half an hour, 45, depending on the volume. And then you let it rest overnight. You let it soak into it. And then next day, you have to do that at night or you have to just schedule yourself in a way you operate. But basically at night is the best way because you just cook it at night and next day in the morning is ready. So what does it do when it's soaking overnight? What is that doing? It, it basically, the outer shelf of the, of the grain, it dissolves, mm. it breaks down. And then, and then all the my all the all the toxins and everything goes away. But it, what the most important part is that um, the corn becomes more nutritional. And you, really, yeah. You, so you, so it's a transformation of the corn as a grain because uh, corn, corn as as it is, is it's not not such a nutritional thing. You know, um, I mean, we we talk about in the 1700s in in, in Italy there there was pellagra, which is a disease of uh, it's called the 3D disease, which is dementia diarrhea and and death um many of those of, of those of those times they were they were basing their diet with corn because the when the europeans came to america to mexico um they brought the crop back to to europe but they forgot the nixtamalization essential part of how to transform corn into something more nutritional and that's how many like all the mesoamerican civilization live out of corn because of that transformation that was essential for them for their diet so this diet as a as, as a as a, as a mexico in, in mexico it's very important right i did hear a quote that someone said where they said without corn there is no culture yeah, that it's that was a that was a very powerful one. Um, and back in the eighties, nineties, uh, when NAFTA came on board, um, this um, this treaty um, that 
basically pushed away uh, nixtamal shops in Mexico. Uh, and that's why i completely against Maseca and, and against those kind of tortillas. Because what they did, maybe people don't know this, but what they did is, um, uh, I remember probably I was like 12 years old when the Molinos, which is the, 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 the grinding shop where people mostly some people at, uh, in rural places in Mexico or Mexico City, they cook their nixtamal, they cook their corn, and they bring it to the molino, which is which is with the grinder. It's a big industrial grinder. Those things disappear. You won't find molinos anymore in Mexico. I was like, what's going on? And when all, all of a sudden, what we have is 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 a is a, a twenty kilograms of of a sack with instant corn flour, and a lot of subsidized money going to tortillerias. And when you taste that, it's like, why are we allowing this? Why this is allowed to, to be? This is not, these are not tortillas. But that happened, you know, that was pushed to it. A lot of farmers also lost their jobs. There was no much job for them and immigration went to, to the States. So it's all, everything is interconnected when we talk about corn in Mexico, right? And um, so we, we have a generation of, of people eating Maseca tortillas. To me, that that was uh, that was a crime. That was just like, what's what does this taste like? You know, this is not flexible. This first of all, it's not nutritional, and then and then it tastes bad. And it doesn't. That's taste one good. thing about the tortillas. If no one's had your tortillas, you you literally it's like eating like the freshest corn you've ever had. That's what it tastes like to me. It tastes yeah. like you're eating actual corn. Yeah, it's such a different experience. And what what would you say in Mexico? What percentage of tortillas are done through the nixtamal process? Would you say now? Um, if you had to guess, I, I, I've no, I don't have that that actually f as a fact. But I, you have a feeling. About but I have a feeling that in the whole Mexico, I think sixty percent is still doing um, nixtamal. Okay, but there's a lot of people that are I mean, in, in big cities. Is there any risk of of that being lost as the generations get older? Yeah, um, and not being passed down to the younger generation. Yeah, that that was uh, that was um, a, a concern, especially with the corn being um, completely native to the land in Mexico, where corn actually origin origin or what is that called? Orgi originally, yeah, originally come from right. Sometimes I I can't say things in English. So Dude, I've already done it twice funny. here where I couldn't come up with a word. <laughs> um, and then uh, so yeah, so Mexico it's 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 it's, it's rich in in varieties of corn. Um, we have up to 59 varieties of corn native to the land that, really? that we've been developed from thousands of years. So when GMO corn got into the States and it was subsidized, one of the things that I, I also don't like about Maseca is that last year was um, tested positive with um, Roundup, which is one of the main ingredients on, on um, uh, Monsanto. Yeah. Uh, so... The only reason why that happened is because they're probably mixing uh, U.S. corn with Mexican corn, or I mean, I don't know, I don't know exactly how how that came that that way. But, yeah, and then talk about not being nutritious. And then and, and then on top of not being nutritious, then it's like it has traces of GMO corn. So it's just another thing to add to be against that kind of thing, right? Um, it just it's just um, um, it takes down the the importance of of, of tortillas for sure, and, and to me tortillas are the daily bread of Mexico, you know. And, and every culture have their own bread, right? And Mexico is tortilla. 
and 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 having that heritage um, getting lost by by the corporations and and it's just not not something I will I will let happen <laughs> at least not in Victoria. Thank you, and and I, I thank you because I've never had anything like I've said like your tortillas, and um, at one of the recent events that that quesadilla. Oh yeah, just that dude that that quesadilla. <laughs> you kept saying to me afterwards the quesadilla. I know. And I'm like, yes, dude. The quesadilla is insane. Um, yeah. But so in, in Mexico yeah. with tacos, are there tacos that you would eat like just during certain parts of the year or certain times of the day? Um, like are there types of ones that you'd only have in the morning and only have at night or? I guess there's a there's couple of things that there's only by schedule, you know, like. Um, or seasonal ones or, or something? Or seasonal ones. But, uh, but I think tacos, are, it's, it's such a... It's, it's such a part of a co our culture that, that you eat tacos out of anything. I mean, I remember eating tacos at breakfast with scrambled eggs and, you know, red salsa and something with nopales or like cacti or beans or whatever, right? I forgot about nopales. Yeah. The, the, I don't want to derail the conversation here, Yeah. but I went and lived down in the States in Washington with my buddy and his wife is from Mexico cool. and she made a cactus dish yeah, uh, in the, in the, for breakfast. Um, and her mom was there and amazing. they made this cactus dish or a cactus dish yeah. and it blew my mind. Yeah. And I'm so sad that like, I, there's nothing, I've never seen it here. I, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've I mean, I have a little bit of, um, um, controversy or um, trying to figure out exactly what I, how do I want to use uh, products that come from um, thousand kilometers away, like cacti. I, I miss those things. Like you have no idea, man. Like those kind of produces where you cannot get it here or that not locally sourced. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a feeling of missing out. It's like, ah, I'm missing that. I really miss this. Uh, but, um, but I think that, that it's, it's good. They're good in, in their own ecosystem, you know, in their own land where they, where they grow. They're good in there. Having them come all the way here. Uh, it's just, um, I think that's a lost. Yeah. So is that, is that again, sort of speaking to, it's like authentic in the place where it originates. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you, you can't, yeah. Obviously if you bring it here, it's not the same as eating it there. Yeah, I'm, 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 I might do something in, in, in the next couple months with like things like that, right? Just to like um, play around with ingredients that I'm, I, I miss a lot. But it's not something I want to put it like if, if I have a, uh, like a, a restaurant or something. I, but I, is that is, so that, that is like an ethical um, yeah. dilemma that you, that you yeah, battle with inside? That's, that's, a, that's a very nice way to put it. Yeah, that, that way for sure. So when we look at Mexican restaurants in like Canada and North America, and, and there is kind of, I think, like what my understanding kind of when I think of what a Mexican restaurant is, having grown up here, mm -hmm. I, I, I would imagine, and from talking with you, it's very different from the actual reality when you're in Mexico. Like, like a Mexican restaurant, what I think of as one, just because of my experiences, it's, it's not representative of what you would find in Mexico. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, it's fair to say. I think I think in, in for the most for the most cases it's it's um it's very challenging to replicate um a specific spot in in Mexico or a region and trying to to put that in a map in outside of Mexico, you know. Um so when I see Mexican restaurants with um this 
kind of theme of of being a Mexican restaurant, right? And we're just party, it's life, it's fiesta, it's tequila, it's the skulls, it's the as the colorful of folklore of of, of the culture of Mexico. Uh, that's cool. I mean, I, I I like it. It's part of it's part of what Mexico is. But I think um, there is a deeper uh, understanding um, from my in my in my opinion that. Um, we've been having that kind of restaurants. Uh, I mean, I've been here in, in, in Edmonton in Canada and now in Victoria for almost 12 years. And every time there is a Mexican restaurant, I kind of see the same theme all over and over again. And there is, and there is not, um, there's not a change. There's not something evolving, you know, it's like we have this model and it works here and it works there and it works here. Right. Um, but no, 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 just that. It's just the fact that um, when you go and eat those places or when you see the menu, it's like, it's the same menu. Do you, do you have stuff that you would like to see changed? Would you, would you be able to share sort of like the things that would maybe could be changed in a way for a, maybe a positive in, in your eyes? Yeah. I mean, the, um, I think, I think whoever, whoever comes to, to do Mexican food, it, it's, it's understanding the culture more and, 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 and technique and, and the use of ingredients and how to use it. Right. Um, I mean, for example, when we talk about mole, you know, a mole sauce, which is a national dish in Mexico, but it's only sauce, but why? Because it's, it's, it's the labor behind it's intense. You can't make mole in a day. It's crazy. You have to plan ahead of time. You so have, how long does it take? Well, it can take days. Oh. You know, if you do it the proper way, it can take days, you know, and it's not something that you're going to eat that, that once it's done, you, you want to reheat it next day and, and it takes better, you know, and, and, and it's, it's a long process to do it. Um, but especially the, the, the using, using dry chilies and using spices and using nuts and using vegetables and all, uh, all sort of ingredients. So when people talk to me about mole as using powders, you know, it's like, well, I don't know if that's a mole. You know, it's, it's, it's completely different understanding from me. Um, so I think, I think it's, it's like, it's just a part of, of, of how I see, um, um, the menu sometimes it's like, uh, to me, it's like a resort. Uh, when you go to like Ixtapa or like Puerto Vallarta or Cancun or Baja California, Los Cabos, you know, you go there and then you, you see like the Mexican kind of pop, you know? And then you see chimichangas and you see, uh, things that are very like oriented to North Americans. And I think another thing too, is sort of the price point with Mexican food. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really, it's really interesting to know. Uh, and we, we doing some research and, um, it's funny how, when you go to a Mexican restaurant, you always expect to be, or to pay less money. Cause it's, cause it's Mexican and when people go to Mexico and they, and they just bought like, you know, 2000 tacos for $20, you're like, it's heaven, right? So I think they come back and be like, oh, I'm paying like 15, $17 for a taco of like, well, the labor is completely different here. You know, the, the people, people make money per hour. Um, Taxes are more expensive. I mean, everything here is more expensive. Even living in an island is even more expensive. Of course. So trying to compare that with like going to Mexico and, and eat like a feast for like 50 bucks, 
it was well there the labor is cheap the produce is cheap everything is around there's a lot of competition so it's also kind of kind of in a good side that so it 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 just it's a different value um because i think cost and a value is a completely different thing you know people i think if we put more 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 uh, the eyes within the value uh, and we forget a little bit of the cost because at the end of the day making nixtamal outside of mexico it's already expensive it's already um a skill that that i mean it takes time and it takes effort and you have to source corn from other sources so it's it's the challenges that that comes with um producing um, this type of, of tacos, these types of tortillas. And are there items that you find a lot here that you just wouldn't find in Mexico? Um, yeah, if I have to, just, I mean, chimichangas or burritos, you know, like uh, those things, I never grew up with those things in my life. Um, um, and I don't know what is going on. When I see quesadillas, I see quesadillas with flour tortillas. Well, I'm from central Mexico. Um, I we, we have quesadillas with corn corn tortillas, nixtamal corn tortillas. That's for me, it's a quesadilla and the fillings are completely different. Right. So, um, I mean, when, when people think about like, um, and is there, is there guacamole and sour cream very prevalent in Mexico? Uh, guacamole for sure. Uh, yeah. sour cream, um, yes and not. I mean, it's more like a crema, what we have, but, okay. but, uh, but it's not like, um, I mean, you, you wouldn't see like ground beef or like cheese all the time or lettuce all the time on tacos. That's, I don't know where that came from. Um, but having so many toppings on top of tacos to me, it's like insane. It's like, man, what is this? Um, the, I mean, for me, a taco is a really good tortilla made of nixtamal uh, and you have a filling, which usually is meat in Mexico. When you go to the Mexican street tacos or taquerias, it's meat. It's just what you eat, right? And then you have onions and cilantro. And that's like the basic taco, but it's amazing. And you got a sauce and you got a little lime juice and, and then the way you eat it, most people don't know how to eat tacos. Okay. So let's get into this. How do you eat tacos? That's, uh, I always say that to, uh, to my friends and whoever I, I, uh, I'm at the table and, and eating tacos. Um, so the proper way or the most stylish way to eat tacos. And this, this, this comes because many of the taquerias in Mexico are on the streets and people that go for lunches or things like that uh, are wearing a tie. So the way to do it, if I was standing up in my own feet and grabbing a taco, you will grab it from the back, from the top, and you will put three fingers on, on the tortilla. So you will grab it. Let's say this is the tortilla. You will grab it, right? And then you leave this and then you got the pinky on the eye. And then, and then you lean forward and it's like a neck, like a motion with your neck and you and then you go and bite and that's how you grab a taco. Okay. That's the proper way. And, and when you, when I see people doing it, I'm like, they know what they're doing. You know, they, they know the proper way people grab it like this. And then all the fillings of the salsa goes into your hands. Yes. That's my issue. Uh, it's not the proper way. Like, oh. It's not the proper way. I mean, you, it's, it's, it's all about being, um, the most, um, uh, what is this word I'm looking for? Uh, stylish or like clean, a clean way, a clean cut. Just like, I will say it is horrible when it just starts going all over your hand it's, and it's, then it's a mess. So what I would suggest to people uh, that is watching right now, the podcast, the podcast is like, try to do that at home. Try to, to grab your tortilla from, from the top with three fingers and then just 
bite and then nothing and you'll slim a little bit with because at the end of the day it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a taco is is a is street food in mexico and we eat standing up you know we just like um you 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 got that bite and then everything comes from the other side but you all you remain clean you know you're not like making a mess because you're in a hurry like you know you got three four tacos and you eat that in like five minutes um, 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 and then you go that's the way so when did you first learn the next mall process? Um, I think in Mexico. Um, you see it, you see it there. You know, like my my great grandma was a he was an expert doing tortillas. Um, and then most recently at Pujol, we we had this change where we actually transitioned into doing Mexican cuisine deeper in the in the roots of Mexican culture. Uh, and that was a switch when, uh, when, when Enrique and Pujol, we started looking into deep into our culture. So as a Mexicans, you always like, oh, French cuisine is super good. Oh, Italian cuisine is super good. But we never kind of felt the same way with Mexican cuisine. We always like, that's Mexico and it's tacos and it's quesadillas and things like that. But I also, but when, when, when we start looking into into working with Mexican producers and, and, and applying techniques and things like that. That's when actually changed, um, my perception of Mexican cuisine even farther because we took that nixtamal, which is something that it's very attached to our culture and we put it in practice. So Enrique started like sourcing corn and getting a, a, a big grinder. And we got, I mean, staff from Oaxaca, from other places in Mexico and really add a lot of value to what Pujol is right now. You know, having all these, all these uh, individuals with different skills coming, are Mexicans coming to work with, with, with Enrique. That was, I think the, um, one of the best part of, of working in there. And then, and the next process, does it vary in different parts of the country in Mexico, or is it always sort of the same procedure? It's always the same kind of the same procedure. Um, and, if you go back to history, then um, people were doing nixtamal with um, ashes come from mussels or oysters or hardwood ashes or minerals like calcium hydroxide, things like that. But it's almost the same. It's just like you have to cook it and let it soak and grind it. The grinding part is the more challenging uh, um, steps of it because you have to have a special meal to grind it, you know, and and that's what puts me always in sweating. <laughs> <laughs> well, do it. If you, if you have the mill, you still have to know how, yeah, you have to know how to use it. Yeah. Cause like, it's one thing to have it, but then it's, it's the knowledge and the amount of experience that it takes to be able to do that properly. And it gets to know actually like, well, one of the things I've, 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 uh, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't said much, but, uh, using Mexican corn that, I mean, purple, red, yellow, white, Right. There was one tortilla that stands out in my mind that you put on Instagram at, at one point where it was like half, um, like the yellow color mm. and then half like the dark blue or purple or something. Yeah. And it was like half and half yeah. and it looks so wild. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that's, you know, some of, some of the things that we, we do in Mexico, we just like play around with tortillas. Um, and that was using two different types of, uh, of corn and, and one, and one tortilla. So you, you taste like corn from one province to a, to the other province and you got one tortilla with two different colors. That's pretty cool. But I was going to say that, um, working with Mexican corn 
kind of knew that. But now sourcing corn from um, the mainland, from Armstrong BC. I was going to say you're getting BC corn now. Yeah, I'm getting BC corn because after COVID, um, I, I just had this uh, realization of, well, if this is going to be a thing and, and imports are going to get in late or, you know, Mexico is not doing very well with importing right now. So it was like, um, I would say a little bit of a... Um, I just got doubts of like, oh man, what is this going? What? So I put in my, I put in this project into jeopardy because if I don't get my main product, which is corn from Mexico, if it gets stuck in the in the border or whatever, I can't do anything. So that forced me to look inside of what is around me, around the areas of of, of British Columbia, and and I just put myself in a mission. It's like I'm just gonna find corn or i'm gonna find who is gonna grow this corn and go through the whole process of like converting a vegetable into a grain um so i spent several weeks trying to figure out which one um and or, or at least the closest one like it could be from the states as well but i'm like i want to i want it to be canadian corn so i found this and i'm from bc and i'm pretty happy with it it's just it, yeah it just changed my life <laughs> well that yeah it, it must be how hard was it to find that corn that it you're using tough. right now it was tough uh yeah it was tough too because uh, people don't understand like when i talk to the um to the managers of the farmer and uh, like people use it for polenta like what what you what are you what are you using for like and then so they don't understand like i got people they think that you just grind the corn in a meal like it was flour and then you make tortillas and i'm like i'm just gonna have polenta but with polenta you can't have a cohesive dough it doesn't it doesn't work like that so it's uh yeah it's a pretty interesting um topic about uh talking about nixtamal and, and corn yeah at least for me and i mean even even when you look at cheese yeah there's cheese in mexico mexico that you can get that you can't really replicate here right yeah i mean uh well the quesadilla you have that day um i'm always looking for quesillo which most people know as oaxacan cheese um, and I, and there's one producer in, in, in Vancouver, actually. So I got that one and I, and I, and I, and I just thought it's not bad, but it's not what I am, what I remember of, of, of this type of cheese. So my friend, Amy, she is like, um, I'm going to take you to the Eskimo market and we're going to go and try uh, hot whistle, um, cheese. And I'm like, I just need something that is kind of fresh, like a cork cheese or like cheese cords or like something that it just resembles to that way of, 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 the, of a cheese. Um, so we went there, I got, I tried one bag. I got first, the, it was fresh done already. And I'm like, I'm going to have one bite. And I got a bite. And I'm like, my, just my mind just blew away. It's like, oh man, we're going to use the cheese. Like forget about the, the one from, from Vancouver, you know, like I want to use this one. And, and that's just the fun part of, of, of like getting to know, uh, more producers in, in Vancouver Island. So I guess using the BC corn and using that cheese, that's now being produced up Island. Yeah. I guess you are making a version of taco that like, it, it's almost, I guess, authentic to here. Would you say? I would say. Because it's actually like, this is the area where that stuff comes from. I, I just, I just think that is, there's, um, there's a lot of potential and a lot of good producers that needs to, but that as a chef. I, I, I want to use, I, I, I want to be able to maximize the use of these things. Um, I mean, I'm from Mexico and Vancouver Island. 
let's see let's see what what this takes us dude i love it <laughs> yeah it's a lot of work though to source this stuff eh yeah it's 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 like you sometimes you ended up like multiple multiple invoices and like you know it's not like cooking as a, a as as the food truck comes once or twice a week with all your produces and 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 then they just you know unload it put it in your fridge and then you open boxes and you open bags and then i did that when i came to canada in a couple of restaurants and 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 just lost you lost the connection with food you lost the one of the things i always talk about is like building relationships with with um, within the community and with people that either like to cook produce things or like to eat food so those are three links very important in in the process of cooking you know where you get your ingredients who do you are cooking for and who is working those ingredients whoever is a is a farmer or is a cheese maker or is a whatever right so it's, it's it's a part of that that it, it's I think it's very important for what we do, you know, getting to know those aspects of of cooking, for sure. And I mean, now you're you're doing your own thing now, which yeah, must be I pretty guess. exciting. I mean, so so let, let's let's sort of get into that. Sure. When COVID hit, how oh, did man. how did COVID uh, affect you? Uh well, you know, I was coming from so that year, so that's 2020, right? This year, still, yep. I don't even know what year is this. It seems like it's been like five years, it's but 2020 COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I came back from Mexico City, and I spent a couple of weeks at Pujol, and and just getting to. Um, I was just freshing my my uh, my cooking skills, and 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 you know, searching things, and just getting to know more more about how what, was it to sort of go back down there and step into that world again where it was a sort of a it seems like a different level i just feel like at home hmm. I, it was uh i mean ricky and i we talk a little bit and he's like because I, I was like i just want to work there for a couple of weeks and he's like what do you want to do and i said i just want to look and see and just be around and he's like do dude would do whatever you want this is your home just go around um no obligation for anything just be discreet and enjoy and, and look and learn. It's, this is, I'm so happy you're here, you're back, and Pujol will always be your home. So that was that was pretty sweet. Shout out to Enrique. Of course, man, yeah. Yeah, shout out sure. to Enrique. Yeah, mentor. Um, and then that's it. And then it was just a, a very good experience. L looking at the new Pujol, uh, that's a new location, and, and, and all the crew and all the, uh, you know, all the sous chefs and the chef de cuisine, um, pretty good guys and they allow me to interact with all the staff and, and get to know things. And so that was pretty cool. And so COVID hit. Oh yeah. Yeah. COVID hit. Um, so I came back and I, 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 I was going to have like a new space, a new kitchen at the breakwater, um, which worked out pretty well. And then I was also changing some of the, um, just some adjustments with the menu and, and, and things that I, I wanted to do um, for people to to enjoy, to have a better experience. Because to me, it's just having, uh, creating experiences are, 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 is the most important part of, of what I do. You know, like uh, people remember things because of the experience of, of the day or the night you went there. Um, anyways, uh, and then yeah, COVID, COVID hit and it was just a matter of, of, you know being at home and and just being in there not much not much action and then um 
and then a few months later, um, you know, I was kind of figuring out what I was going to do if I was not going to be back in business or if I was going to be, I had thoughts of like going painting or doing landscaping or like, I was just like, this is done. <laughs> yeah. Please, please never do that. We're making food. You're so good at it. I was like, you know, I got, I got friends. I got friends in Edmonton. She's like, don't, she, uh, hi to Linda, uh, Linda, Linda and Sean, uh, they were, they were very good to me. They were said, they, they just said to me, dude, you just can't, you can't do that. Like, please do not go into one of those jobs. It's not what you do. Um, if you need support, if you need anything, let us know, we'll support you. Uh, let us know what you need and then, and then we'll figure it out. And that's exactly what happened. So I got support from uh, people from Edmonton, people from here and my family in Mexico, my brother, my mom, my dad, you know, um, and that's one of the dreams I have, uh, to, to, um, reunite my family at some point for sure. Dude, I can't wait for that day to happen. Yeah. That's going to be, that's yeah, going to be so dope. Stoke, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been able to talk to you so too much lately because you've been so busy. It yeah. seems like you just like, once things started to roll, you just now took off and you're just going for it. Yeah. Um, so my East is the new, my East next is the new, is my new adventure in, in Victoria. Um, it's just been amazing. I, I've, I am over the top of my head. Like I'm just thinking all the support, uh, from, I mean, you, Amy, um, the whole community, right. I mean, food writers, magazines, things like that. Uh, it's just been, I'm very grateful for for uh for them to take a moment and uh and and you know have interest for for what i'm for what, I'm, for what we're doing like sure. i said in such a short period of time you really people know who you are so you've done an amazing job since you got here last year yeah it's been it's been quite the ride <laughs> and so so far you've done two events at the time of this recording right yeah three events actually oh it's been three yeah uh so we decided to launch maize on july 26 which is a day after my birthday and i didn't want to do it that day but i'm like you know what that's my birthday so let's let's just do it love it Happy it, birthday. Will, it will be fun you know <laughs> it will be like it's like the the I was born in July 25th and then Mice was born July 26th. So that's, uh, that's like, that's good. And then, so the first event, I was at the first one. Yeah. And that was out at Harvest Road. Yes. Which I, I, I do want to say, like at one point I was, I was at the lunch where, where you met Brendan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At Harvest. Yeah. That you was were such the a, link. Well, no, that, but that was such a cool, um, a cool experience to have that for some reason I knew you had to go to Harvest and try their stuff. And I, to I totally didn't anticipate you guys to become like best friends, like on the spot. Dude, it's just like, <laughs> you when they're like, you're like, yeah, you should go there. I'm like, yeah, I need to go there. Just not much time, but I will go. And then you're like, we're going, mm, what was Tuesday? I yeah, it was, it, was it was you and me and then Jason from The Hive and Chelsea. And Chelsea. Sydney Scones. Yeah, Sydney Scones. So actually all, yeah. all three of you have now, we've done an, I've done an episode with all three of you. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Which is dope. But it, that, that lunch was really... I, I liked looking over and seeing what your thoughts were on the burger because you were just kind of like this, you're just like, it seemed like you were blown away by how fresh it was and, and all that. You're just kind of taking it in. Well, that Mitchell's farm, uh, that Mitchell's beef, it's something. I mean, that's something. Yeah. That's like, um, I don't know if it's just the body or, or whatever comes in that, in that burger, but, uh, I mean, that was, 
that was like wow i like i have to go every every at least every two weeks now i just i just want to go yeah to say hi and and to eat <laughs> and then brendan comes over and he starts speaking, speaking spanish he's fluent in spanish right man. out the gate yeah but he had like the nicaraguan uh, accent so it's uh it's funny yeah pretty good and uh so it's, it's been wild to see sort of the progression since then it's been so quick but that, fir that first event that was it was a ticketed dinner yeah and there was two seatings and it was it was four courses mm -hmm. yeah like that 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 event was just insane i mean just having that food like having having the the that quesadilla again and the mm. taco and then you know chelsea contributed with dan with the the scone and the, the ice scone, cream yeah. and 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 then the first the first dish with the corn oh yeah just that that whole corn experience was absolutely amazing yeah people you know it's it's something that i i i always took it as a granted i guess the uh this dish uh i guess when you grow up with all those things become so normal to you you know well, like, of course if, if that's what you're having all the time yeah it's like i mean i don't know how many thousands of liters of mosquitoes i or corn on the cob i ate in mexico it's like it's so it's like so popular it's like i don't know something that you just have every time right um doing it here uh, it was just well you know what i also have to say that when i went to personally picked all the corn from the field man like it's like as fresh as 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 much as you can get fresh you know like that day i just we, we went and caught the corn bring it to the kitchen and started doing the dish you know and then you can tell it can't it doesn't not come from a frozen bag you know you can tell you can you can taste it it is like it just blows your mind even though it's just the corn with the broth that I made out of, of out of the corn, the cob, and 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 the silk of the corn, and and some herbs, and and just like a vegetable corn broth that you put in, into the into the kernels, and then and then you put some mayonnaise and some um, some feta cheese, and just trying to make, you know, it was a treat. I mean, for the opening course, it was perfect. Yeah, that was great. I'm, I'm glad you guys liked it. And this that event was was I think very special. I'm glad I was able to be there. Uh, for that seating, and I got to stick around and just take photos in the second one. I don't think I was—I don't know if I was supposed to be there, but I just sort of hung around and was taking, oh, that's fun, man. taking pictures. It was I such a good night. It, yeah. it worked out really well at the end too. Um, Chelsea was there, and she had some scones that she sort of laid out on the table, and yeah. she let people try. It was just that, like that—that that night with an event like that, where it had such a good group of people working together, like that—that that sense of community is like that's yeah for for me to be able to be included in that, like it feels so special to me. And that's why I, I, I really value um, being able to be a part of something like that. So, and, and it's amazing that like taking pictures on, on my phone of food has mm -hmm. led to all this. Yeah. It's so crazy, yeah. but like that, that, that experience, this on like a fundamental human being level was very cool. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, I guess uh, if I have to, if people ask me about Dallas, I, I just, I just say that, well, you know, he's, he's a guy that connects. He's a, he's a guy that always connects the dots in, in, within, within the food community, you know, it's always the guy that, that goes around and, and do his things. And then, and, and it, it, everything seems to be work out for him and, and, and everybody kind of have respect and love you. So it's, it's, uh, and to me, it's like when, when we went to Carver's Road and then we, you introduced me with them and then you, you have introduced me with a lot of people actually. And, uh, and, and that's just, this is, it's, it's a lot of value that I put into in, into that into this relationship you know yeah. i appreciate that thank yeah, you for sure man. it was also it was funny because when i like at work we used to go for different lunches um 
like me and coworkers. Yeah, yeah. And I would be the one that would sort of organize these things for for years, and then I stopped doing it because I'm just too busy. Yeah. And and they they died out after that. <laughs> so maybe there's something to be connecting yeah. people. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um, somebody else made that comment to me recently too, actually. But with with the food, you also did a, an event at the Hive. Yeah, the first next month Taco Tuesday. Yeah. And so are, are these events, are these going to be reoccurring? Yeah. Events? So, uh, so maize, the main, the main, the main thing for maize is to sell tortillas and the mission that I put myself into it. Uh, I think you asked me, um, a couple of minutes ago or something that, um, what I want to achieve in, in Victoria with the, with the Nixtamal, um, and maize, uh, being now a, a business, I, I, I really want to have, and I really want to share, that's uh, probably the proper word. I, I, I want to share um, what I do with many people as possible. Um, and I want and I want people to have access to good tortillas. You know, I know there's a lack of good tortillas in North America. And there's, there's a huge gap in between um, even, even Mexicans or Latin American people that come already and pre-order tortillas. I know they're from, I know I got, I got, I mean, we got customers from Colombia, from Mexico, from Guatemala, like they miss it. And they, they, I mean, yesterday we got, um, I think, um, I, I can't remember her name, but, um, well, I might not say it, but I think her name is Andrea and I think she's from Colombia. Okay. And then she came to pick up tortillas on Tuesday and and I told her, oh, do you, are, where are you from? Because I, because I know she's from, I mean, kind of recognize each other, right? And she, I'm from Colombia. And I say, wow, that's great. Arepas, you know, like in, in Colombia, there's like, there's like a thick, thick tortilla filled with things in there. And it's, it's called arepa. And I say, I also sell masa, which is the dough, the corn dough. And she's like, wow, all right, maybe next time I'll get dough and I can make my own arepas, mm. you know? So it's always a connection with corn in, 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 uh, in Mexico and Central uh, Central America, but my main the main mission is to me is is to have uh, for people to have a more access to good quality tortillas that are that are full of nutrients and they're full of uh, flavor and the taste is different, right? And 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 people can enjoy that better. Like I, I'm I'm pretty sure people are missing out uh, or or just having uh, um, a, 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 a factor that. I don't, I can't find these tortillas anywhere else. You know? Yeah. Just, well, I mean, the, there's definitely, I think the taste being different is an understatement almost because it's like insanely different. This is just a totally different experience on all levels. At all levels. Um, I mean, when one of the things I was doing at Breakwater and, and the reason why I do not do my tacos plated, like I don't, I, at that time I was not plating tacos. Like most people or more restaurant will do It's like, play with three, four tacos, right? And they don't, you're ready just to grab them and shove, shove it, right? The main reason why I didn't want to do that is because I wanted to be apart from that, from that, uh, experience of, uh, just grabbing a taco and just eating it like this. And then I'm done. I want people to understand and open the basket of tortillas, right? And be like, oh, what is this? And then like, oh, and then you smell. So they will use their five senses immediately. They're like, oh, I see something different. I see colors, I see different textures. When you grab it, it's like, oh, it, it just feels differently and it's elastic and it's, it smells differently. And when you taste it, it's like, oh, well, this is completely different. Well, that's one thing you always showed me with the tortillas is when you when you crumple them up in your hand yeah, and you, they're, they're completely cr like squished and you open your hand 
and the the tortilla then goes back to sort of its normal form or yeah. it's it's the original form yeah yeah i mean it's it's all about that it's all about the um and and i love when they puff up when you're Whoa. cooking them and you and you glide the thing over top and then it puffs up yeah it's like a pita bread right like they just puff and then like you know that's ready and that's like that's the ready tortilla that's how you tell it's ready yes that's how you tell it's ready do you have other dishes that you're going to be doing with uh with uh the pop-ups and all that kind of stuff um for now i'm just, i think i'm just going to continue doing uh uh these three dishes okay uh, until until maybe what we go into like the fall i might change something for sure but I'm so curious that like when you said to me that this is like the entry level stuff that you have so many dishes that you would like to do. Um, I'm just curious what all those dishes are, Ooh, I guess. I mean, I want to do pozoles in the winter, you know, like you have that pozole. That was the, this, it was almost like a kind of a stew of some yeah, sort. Yeah. 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 That, that's something I, I really want to do with uh, in the winter time. I want to do tamales in winter time because tamales is just for like basically like um, cold weather. Mm. Uh, having tamale in, in the summertime plus 25 or 28 degrees is probably i'm just gonna no good gonna go to sleep <laughs> right um i mean there's there's many things that i i want to do for sure yeah and do you have other future plans for um the company or are you are right now are you just focusing just basically on the just what you're doing and just getting that under wraps uh yeah i mean at, at some point i want to have front a front store mm -hmm. um and and a place to where I can just work every day, you know, as a business. Um, and, and that's like the end goal of, of like, uh, going into, into a massive production of tortillas and having a little space besides where, you, where I can offer, I don't know, four or five items in, in the menu or something super, super tight, but well done and just tasty. That's all I'm so I care right now. It's like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not like, I'm never like, uh, menus where you can see Thirty things on the menu. It's just like to me, it's like insane. Like how how many? It's like I don't know. It's like having 20, 20 pets. You know, like you, you can't you can't take care of one. <laughs> well, like when you said four menus, like you made me think of AO Eat, which is uh, Banna in Market Square, and I think you went there. Oh yeah, in the, in the corner. I told you about that place. Yeah, and like like he's only got. I think it's four. It might be five, but I think it's four. Yeah, and uh, and I I love it there. Like it's just he's got it dialed in. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. I tried that, that last time, and it's like that's cool. I was like, it probably too too small of a space for what I have in mind. Um, but I, I just want to have. I want to produce tortillas. But I, I mean, one of the other things I want to do is I want I want other other businesses to use tortillas or to use dough. Um, so for example, right now we got um, at least three restaurants in town that are are um, we are delivering masa dough. Can you name those? Are you allowed yeah. to? I guess there's not a problem. I mean, that thing they will be, f I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm, I'm, they should be proud of it. <laughs> um, I guess it's uh, Beloved, uh, Nowhere, and Sabor. Okay, awesome. Yeah, they are. Uh, I actually had the, um, at Nowhere last week, I, it was the third course on their menu. Yeah. And they had, I forget, there was a cheese inside of it. Yeah, it like a, like a, pizza pop like uh yes it was like, like a pizza a pop, quesadilla pop or something yeah, yeah. It was, and it was phenomenal yeah it's so I, insane i mean clark you know like he he was so when i as a story behind that because when i first came to to victoria he was the only guy trying to do nixtamal right so i saw a picture i'm like oh man this guy's doing nixtamal that's cool um and i had a friend from uh from edmonton uh, her name is twyla campbell and uh, she's a food writer uh, from CBC and, and other other publications. And she's like, you should go there and, and talk to him because he's, he's doing something. So we have a little chat and then um, 
and now it's funny because now I'm 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 his supplier for for Nixtamal, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. And he, awesome. he does things like you know like crazy stuff. Oh yeah, I mean it would it, to me it would make sense if someone's trying to do it, it'd be him. We we might we might we talk about it. I think I think we're gonna do uh, some sort of a collaboration at nowhere at some point, like yeah. some type of dinner or something. Yeah. I th- oh I, my I, god. I, I mean, I, I'm always been. Uh, I always kind of like wanna wanna play around with Clark and what he's you know oh, pick up man. his mind. <laughs> oh, that'll be something special. Yeah. That's gonna if you do that, that's gonna sell out in like five seconds. Yeah, it's that's not even a, that's going to be done. Yeah, because like the only the only collaboration I remember them doing is the one with uh, Mai Tai Cafe. Oh, okay. And they did they did one dinner and that sold out. That was at Hanks, I think. Yeah. And they sold out like instantly. Yeah, it's just fun to fun to go to other people's kitchens and and be a guest. Yeah. So, have you been swimming recently at all? Swimming. Yeah. Uh, in my own thoughts, but not much. Not actual swimming. No, actually, because I know that you were doing that quite a bit before. Yeah, I yeah. was. I always enjoyed actually on Instagram when I would see that you're on your Instagram and your store. You'd have like a like a little bit of water view. Yeah, and then and then I know you you had the uh, the pass to the the one place there with the with the swimming pool. Oh yeah, I know. I, I was for some reason it, it relaxed me to hear you about your swimming or seeing the water. Yeah, it's just like my. It's the way I kind of relax and, and it's my own time. And I, it's like, yeah, I just use it to, I like swimming just to like relax and, and, and have a little peace of mind. And Do you like how I just totally went on a wild tangent with that one? Yeah. <laughs> how many, how many laps can you do back and forth in the pool? Oof, if I'm in shape, I will do, I will do 30 laps, 20 laps. No, without stopping. Without stopping. See, I can't, I can't imagine. I, I, um, I hadn't swam in like 20 years. And then I went to the Commonwealth and I got in the, the, oh, the, the, pool. Olymp- the Olympic pool, the 50 meter one. Yeah. But they had it cut in half. Oh, okay. So it was 25. Oh, and cool. I, I had no idea that I could not no longer, I could no longer swim. So I got in it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is cold. Let me just try and swim. And I made it like nowhere along. I made, barely made it along the thing and I was out of breath. And <laughs> yeah, I had no goggles. <laughs> so I was keeping my oh, head above the water. It was yeah. just, it was horrific. And, uh, it was such a, such a humbling experience to like literally just not be able to do it at all. I guess. Yeah. And it was very humbling. It was great. And so I respect it when, whenever anyone can go back and forth at all, like I can't even do that. Yeah. 25, 25 meter. It's, it becomes shorter when it's, once you're in shape, mm-hmm. I'm not in shape right, at all right now. It's just like, you know, I have, I haven't been able to swim in, in, in the pool. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, 50 meters is, it's more enjoyable. At it's more enjoyable point, it's more enjoyable at some point yeah because you just like there's there's no walls you know and it's 50 meters where there's no wall and you got 25 and then you by the time you have a nice stroke you gotta flip and come back but when you have 50 you go in the middle and you're like okay you keep going you know you keep yeah, going you can't stop and you, yeah yeah it's one thing i i actually found out that um i sink very quickly i haven't figured out how to be efficient with my uh with my doggy paddle or whatever to stay afloat. It's the, or the, going the, in my the back even. technique. Yeah, it's my, my technique's all wrecked. Yeah. Because I just sink right to the bottom. Yeah, you gotta flay your, your lungs and go away with the flow, I guess. What else are you doing with any free time that you have right now? Um, not much free time right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's been it's been, it, yeah, it's been uh it's taking it's taking very well. Um and I think at some point in the next two months, I, I have to, um, I have to start bringing, um, uh, equipment and actually be in a, a retail space 
to actually be able to manage the production that it's it's been it's been we we, we basically sold out every time we do tortillas mm-hmm. you know um so that's the demand is there i just just want to keep going and and find a way to provide more tortillas f- within the community and even uh, restaurants you know like i i admire the um the people that are asking for nixtamal dough right now it's just like they want to do things they, it's available yeah let's, that's awesome let's, let's give it to them you know i mean uh, i mean f- to me it's just it's more important for me to share that than um at some point i was i, I want to be the pioneer of, of bringing nixtamal and, and and getting established in in, in victoria with nixtamal but after COVID happens, you know, and 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 knowing the struggles that everybody's going through, uh, I just thought about it and be like, you know what? Let's just because uh, I was all, basically I was only gonna sell tortillas and keep the masa for for my own purposes. But um, at some point, if if you really wanna share the whole product, you should share it like the whole thing, you know, like sell masa to nowhere sell masa to savor sell masa to beloved restaurant and other other restaurants that are interested already to me that just speaks itself that that they want also good tortillas you know they whatever they do with the product whatever they their their creations and and also some of the things that satisfies me inside and and and, and puts my heart into into like heartbeat it's um it's it's, it's getting to know what people do after like when they go and, and buy tortillas uh, and they show it on Instagram, oh, we have this fantastic taco dinner or we have tacos for lunch. And then they all sharing on Instagram what they do with that. And I'm just like, it's just super satisfying. It's just like, besides being a chef and besides having a, a very distinct, unique product that you put your ego aside, you know, we're like, fuck that, you know? I want people to have an enjoyable taco meal. And to me, that's more important than anything else. That that people are are enjoying it, and they're and that they see the value, and and they're just having a good time eating tacos. And they say, "Wow, the tortillas are really good." And Every time you you have one of those sales now, I always see on on the Instagram account and the stories. Yeah, tons of people are just putting up what they're eating, and it is it is pretty wild. I can't imagine what that would feel like as the person producing this. Yeah, that it's like something you've made, and it's now enabling yeah. all these like sort of experiences that otherwise might not have happened yeah and and you know people people put time into it people uh people to put the love into it and they i I think they they love the idea of having these tortillas around and it just fills my heart it really fills my heart when i see stories of people or emails you know like oh we tried this once now we can't wait for the next batch and you know it's just it's just really puts my heart in 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 a in a good position. Yeah. And so what days are people, it's, is it Mondays that people can get those? Right now we, uh, we release a calendar. Uh, we're going to be doing every two weeks at the Hive for pop-ups. Okay. Um, and we're going to be doing the following week after the pop-up, we're going to be doing uh, two pickup orders. That will be Tuesdays and Fridays for that. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot what day it is. Yeah. Yeah. I and thought today was Tuesday. Was that? I thought today was Tuesday <laughs> no, for some reason. No. Okay, never mind. I'm out to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's the schedule we are we putting in. Uh, and then you know what? Like when you start something new, um, you gotta find your own kings, and you gotta find what really works for the operation. Um, and knowing that the dough 
takes time to make it. So people ask me like, Hey, can I have, um, four pounds for tomorrow? Uh, I wish I can have that production ready, right. For you. Um, so now we have to schedule it and then, uh, and then, you know, in, within the next two months, I think we'll be able to, uh, produce more and more. Uh, we just, I'm looking around. Is that, around. is that for getting like the new meal or something? Uh, especially getting a, a bigger meal, like, like special meal, um, that will produce more, more capacity. And are you going to have a, a retail space or just a, a different kitchen? Um, I want to have a window, which is pretty much a retail space Okay. Uh, and a window. And I'm looking for a, a space that, you know, during the summer have a little patio where we can sell a little, like, I just like the location at the hive. It's like, to me, that's if, if anybody can tell me where is some location like that in the city, I would love to see it. Um, yeah, you know, it's a window for winter. It's great because people can go and pick up, you know, um, and then during summer they can see the patio, um, and it's just uh, it's just a way to. So for you, is that sort of that's way that's what you would like? That's the pinnacle right now for what you would want. Yeah, and then maybe later on, you know, we'll 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 figure it out to to do you know uh, fun stuff later with with more capital to spend money. Right now, it's just like trying to get off of the ground maize and uh, and fulfilling people's life with good tortillas and tacos that's uh that's the main thing for mice i didn't realize you were that it was that ambitious of a thing of getting another space like that that quickly yeah i love it yeah i mean well i mean once once you see the once you see the potential that uh that that is just there and um and, and you know as, as as a chef i also want to create things and cook things and and have people around that's I think that's what we do, you know, that, that we, we want to have people happy around and creating experiences, you know, this is one of the most important part of, of, of being in the industry is like people remember you or remember your meals because they have a good experience or they have a good night and all oh, that man, that night, remember that night we went to that place? That was awesome. You know, that, how much do you think like, so for those memorable experiences someone has when they're going somewhere, how much of it is the food and how much of it is all the other factors that like maybe the, the ambiance that night or the person they're with or the other factors, what do you think, what do you think that sort of breaks down? Uh, I mean, I, I, to me, it's, it's a whole, it's, it's, it's a whole team together. You know, um, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a watch, you know, every single thing is working itself. And if something is not in time or it's not in a schedule, it just breaks down the whole experience, you know, every, like, that's one thing that, um, at restaurants I work, um, I always emphasize a lot into cleanliness. That's very important for me, uh, to, to get you, you, the perception of, of customer, when you go to a clean and bright, nice space is like, I like it. You know, it's, you pay respect to it right away. Having nice washrooms, like, you know, having, I've that. always joked with people that the like a washroom place yeah. is kind of how I how it makes a big impact on me. Of course, what the washrooms are like. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's one of the most. I mean, like you've been in Japan, right? And, yes. And then washrooms in Japan are crazy. I I can't remember. I can't remember. Well, nothing. Nothing stood out like too. Nothing stands out too. In what way are, do you, are you just saying? like, just like it's, it's a time for rest. This is, it has to be clean. And oh, it's, they're, and they're definitely they're clean. Definitely clean. Right? Yes. It's, it's, it's a part of that culture. To me, it's just, uh, it's, it's, that's, I think that's what I call uh, restrooms. Cause you go to there to like 
you know, and then you and then you find. For example, what I'm I'm gonna bring Pujol back back again. Uh, the new Pujol, the washroom have a different a different vibe and a different music than the music uh, at the um, at the dining room. Because you go there to rest, you go there like to relax and do your stuff, and then you're ready to go, and then you go back to to the dining room, right? So it's done with purpose. It's done with purpose. Everything, every I mean, to me, everything in everything in the rest within the restaurant has to has to have a purpose, um, with an intention for people to enjoy it. You know, like whether if it's the cleanliness, whether is um, even your the way your your um, your staff has the body language towards how they speak to you, you know, the level of the music, the level of the, uh, the lights, you know, like I, I just, I just can't imagine. We always have that problem, uh, at a restaurant that people can't see the menu. Oh man, that's your point of sales. <laughs> and then people are like putting their lights because whoever managed that restaurant wants to have dim lights. Yeah. It's like, man, people, how are they going to eat? You know, we have to differentiate between a bar and a restaurant, you know, it was two different things. So having enough light to, to read the menu properly and, and to choose, you know, like that's very important. Things like that, you know, um, um, it's same thing in the kitchen, you know, like a lot of things that have to go uh, in place and, and it's like a show every day. It's like a show, you know, like you go to the theater and then it's like everybody acting has to come together for that piece. It's the same thing for me. It's like everything, every single thing has to be in place. And, and, and yeah, that's, that's experience. That's, that's what you do. No, I mean, you say, well, how much percentage of the food is, well, I guess, I guess when you have, when you have maybe not as a good food, but you have the other things that are make the experience for the customers, I think they're more forgivable of that, of not having like the super meal, but when you have a super meal on top of the rest of the ambience and the music and the light and the promptiness of your server, uh, you know, like, oh, I didn't miss this or I didn't forget this. Or I'm always on top of, of my service. That just creates a experience that, um, people remember and, and that's how you get loyal, uh, customers. Do you have like an all time experience eating at a restaurant? Uh, sorry, what time experience? Like an all time experience, like your Ooh. number one ever or number two or three top three things ever. Anything that stands out? Um, I guess, I guess in Spain, I got, I got one of the, one of the best experiences in San Sebastian. Okay. And yeah. what, so what was that experience? What, what was special about it? Uh, just the level of, um, of care, the, the, the care, you know, they care about that. That in Mexico also have a lot of good experiences. Um, the way, the way. The way you go to a restaurant, you know, these restaurants, and then, and then you just have freaking awesome, a meal that just like, wow, I can't find this anywhere else. But on top of that, the music is on top. It's nice. It, 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 it kind of connects with the music, with the, with the food. Um, and then you got your server that is just like almost, almost like invisible, but it always at the same, always comes to the right time and then take it take away your, your, your dishes or, you know, one time we were at Pujol, uh, and last January and we were sharing one of the tasting menus and one dish, um, required 
a fork and knife. My dish didn't require a fork and knife, it was just a taco. The server did know that beforehand. So when we went to share this dish, he brought me an extra cutlery because it, but like he, he figured out the moment because how he's going to know I was going to share this with, with my, with my, with my friend, no idea, but he's on top of it. And that's one of the, the training part of Pujol. Uh, and I mean, that kind of restaurants where like the service it's on top. It's like, you are there like a server, a server is there to meet all your needs that possibly can happen during the meal. Right. So I was, I was like, wow, that was, I mean, I didn't have to ask to me, service is everything. I mean, um, I that's was, when you know, it's good when you, when you, that light bulb goes off for the customer, right. Where they're like, this person just did this. I don't even have to ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're like, holy, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to get a good tip. You know, you know what you're doing. You know, you, I don't, I don't have to ask. And it's something that I always, I always, um, I always have an issue with like, um, the level of, of careness with, within, within those restaurants. Yeah. One thing that always stood out for me was like the, the water on the table. Mm. If the, if the glass gets empty and it just sits there empty for a bit. Um, I think actually psychologically that might impact me on some level when I'm at a place. Yeah. Thinking about it. I always, I do appreciate when it's like, I always have some water. Yeah. You have to, you know, like, especially in summertime, you just gotta got some water. Yeah. And I mean, sure. now I guess most places are, are sort of bringing a, a bottle. The so you bottle. just have it at your table, which is great. Yeah. That works for me. That was for me too. Yes. Yeah. I need to have water all the time. <laughs> Dude, I, I haven't been drinking enough water. I know. It's been, it's been, I've been really bad this summer. I don't know what it is. It's, you, you've probably been having more beer than water. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm, I'm always like dehydrated. I definitely need to step my game up. I have a huge water bottle here, but I didn't realize when I bought this water bottle yeah. that when you fill it with water, it weighs five pounds. Oh, because yeah, that, well, that thing metal, is yeah. massive. It's yeah. massive. So I didn't anticipate that. So I, I bought it because I'm like, I like big things. I want to have a lot of water, but that thing weighs so much. It's crazy. Carrying around for sure. <laughs> it works great though, if, if you use it. Um, so if somebody's visiting Mexico and they've never been there, yeah. do you have any tips for finding like really good food? Uh, just where, go wherever you see a lot of people eating tacos. Okay. Like when it's busy, you know it's you know it's because it's good. You know, like when you see like you know hundred people in one taco stand, you want to be there. And what are the wait times like for like a really good place? Would you say? Uh, it just depends. Depends okay. on your waiter. Sometimes <laughs> depends how hungover you are. Because <laughs> if you go there, you you're gonna have fun. Okay. Yeah. And and yeah. what what uh what parts of Mexico do you miss? Like being up in Victoria. A part of Mexico? Yeah. Well, like what, what aspects of Mexico do you miss that we don't have here? Like culture wise and that? Um, I, I think the connection within the land and the produce, that's, um, that's one of my biggest, uh, and family as well, right? Family and, and the culture as well. Some of the part as it's, it's I've, I've, I feel I've, I've, I had years of missing that out a lot. Um, but I made the decision to, to establish myself in, in Canada and, and, and you have to go with that. Uh, but if, but if, you know, answering to your question, it's more about like what you can find in, in Mexico. It's, it's uh, that I can find here. You know, we're talking about like nopales and the cacti mm -hmm. paddles, right? Oh man, I love that stuff. 
I just, but now, now it's like, well, I'm in Vancouver Island, but I, I, I want to explore new ingredients and I, and I mean, at some point I, I will do specials maybe with Nopalis cause I, I can't, I can't help myself. You know, I, I found, I, I found where to buy them. So I'm just like, I'm going to go one day and have that. You as did a find treat. where to buy them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's just going to be like a treat, you know, it's not going to be like every single time in the menu or whatever I do a pop-up, but I, I gotta, I, I also want to share that with people, you know? And so with cactus in Mexico, is that, cause when I had it, it was always a breakfast thing when I was down visiting uh, my buddy and his wife. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it, is cactus used mainly for breakfast dishes or is it used for any time of day? Uh, mostly on Sundays, I would say. So like, okay. like, like barbecues and you know, you, you got nopales and they go with carne asada and, and, and onions with like, you know, the cambrai onions or like these, these onions that you put on the grill mm-hmm. and you put nopales on the grill, you put your carne asada, you like steaks on the, on the grill and you got tortillas and you got salsa and you have a party all right. You know, like you got like a couple of friends around and then you got like your uncles or like whatever, and then you got a party. And then you're having a fantastic party and then you're just eating and having fun, having some beers. That's that, that kind of thing is, it's, um, that, that, com- that, that community. Yeah. And the taco culture, it's, it's, um, and I think that's what I started doing it. Uh, cause I missed, I missed that much. You have no idea, dude. I was just like, when I came, when I first came landed in Canada, I, 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 I was buying tortillas like here and there, you know, I, I want to try, I want to find the best tortilla. I couldn't find it. I was just like, oh my God. So I guess I got to do my own now. <laughs> and, and that's, I think that's how it started. Like, I'm, and when you say taco culture, what do you mean by that? Um, I, I, I mean, just the loudest, um, places in Mexico and, and the vibe and, 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 and that co- taco culture brings a lot of, uh, feelings and, uh, and a, a, it's just, a, it's a different life, hmm. you know? You, you see people at, you mean, you eat tacos like any, any time of the, of the day, even after hours, like people go for, you know, people going to the club or going to the bar and after two in the morning, there's, there's actually taco shops or taquerias that are selling tacos at two in the morning. Really? You go like, it's like you go to the, to the parking lot and there's. And, and, and then you park in there and there's, there, there's a guy coming to you and they're like, how many tacos do you want, bro? And you're like, I have five of these, five of that. How many of you guys? 10. And then you got 20 tacos. Sure. No problem. And then the guy goes back to the kitchen, you know, and you're in a parking lot and then they go and then they bring, they just, they just bring you everything and you eat. I love it. And then you're like, all right, I can't drive now. <laughs> yeah. You know? so, I mean, any time of the day, taco is just like. It's, it's like part of, it's like, it's like part of the culture, like eat taco. Taco for me is anything you can put in a, in a, in a tortilla, fold it. That's a taco. I mean, no matter what it is. Those flowers that they had at, at the Harvest Road event. Yeah. Um, those were really cool. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever had one of those before. Oh, the cilantro flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Cilantro flowers. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a very, um, it's kind of a very important part of the dish for, 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 for that taco, for that special taco. Um, I know a lot of people struggle with the, the taste of cilantro and, and having, you know, uh, the after soap taste, uh, and there's nothing I can I used do. to get that. No way. I used yeah. to get that. And then I don't know what changed, but I think I talked about this in one podcast before, yeah. but I actually, in my mind made a conscious decision to forget any previous 
idea that I had about cilantro and feeling about it. Just forget about that and let's start fresh and try and experience it as if I was like an alien coming here and just had no idea what this was. <laughs> like, let's just experience it yeah. like like blank from a blank place. And now I love it. Yeah, cilantro is pretty good. Pretty I good. love it. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, so the uh, cilantro flowers, um, they're just a more delicate flavor and and it adds aesthetics to the to the dish it adds a different profile flavor of cilantro um and they're probably gonna get popular nowadays but i mean that's fine uh, i just love that taste is just good and, and it's not as abrasive as the as the cilantro when it's like grown like a bunch right um but i mean yeah that yeah i remember those flowers right yeah yeah, pretty good. And where have you been eating around the city lately with COVID? Have you been eating out much? Um, no, I've been cooking a lot at home. Um, so what are you making when you're cooking at home? What are you making for yourself? Whatever I have around. Whatever I have around. I like to have my my scrambled eggs in the morning with cheese and like huevos a la mexicana. It's what it's called. It's like Mexican scrambled eggs. Mm. You know, got some jalapenos, some onions, some cilantro, some tomatoes, and then you make scrambled eggs. And then I just, it's just, um, I mean, I've been eating probably those ones since I was um, very, I was a child. So it's like, I just carry that in my diet all the time when I, whenever I have time, you know. How much of the, the different stuff that you cook now, how much, did you learn any of that from your mother or your grandmother or anybody in your family? Like well, cooking? Yeah, I mean my my mom is a great cook um she's very creative with a really short budget you know like feeding family every day with like short budget it's just i i mean that's i probably couldn't do it you know like always thinking about well, okay i can use this oh no like i can't afford this but i can buy this and managing the time you know like she 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 didn't she didn't work she just take her she took care of us and and doing all the chores and everything and um yeah and did you learn any recipes or techniques that that she used yeah of course like um i mean there's there's uh, at this point sometimes i like hey mom remember that thing that you made one day yeah how do you make that and i'm just like oh, okay cool and, and that's it you know um, my grandma used to do like mole when i was everything every time was my birthday you know mole is a thing that you only probably you don't have time to make mole every day that would be insane you know it's 25 ingredients in one recipe for the black mole that that usually gets chocolate in there right i mean moles are from many regions of mexico you have different moles you know um, and she spent time doing mole and, and, and I, and I remember she will start early in the week, just go and buy the ingredients and cook in stages that recipe. Because if you do that in one day and you try to feed everybody in that day, man, everybody's like, okay, bye grandma. It's taking too long. This, <laughs> yeah, I know it's insane. I was a pleasure to meet your mom. Um, I met her right when she was visiting earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. she. Um, I gave you that picture that I took of you too, right? Yeah, yeah, I have. Okay, it. yeah, good. It's, it's pretty cool. I want to make sure that I, I pass that on. Yeah, she she's been in Canada two times already, and she's always been helping me with like whatever I do. You know, uh, last time I I wanted to I want her to have more time uh, around the city, but I was pretty busy, so um, you know. Uh, it will be time for her to come back and and have more 
more like a fun time rather than just working with me at the restaurant. But uh, but I think she enjoys it. Like she's just like such a sweet mama I have, and and then she likes to she likes to be around me. And then she's like, I I just came here to spend time with you. So whatever we do, I'm having fun and I'm enjoying it and I'm grateful I'm here. So that was part of uh, the trip for her. I love it. And how long was she here for? A month. Oh, she oh she was here for a month. A month in Victoria. Okay. Yeah, in February. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the time she came in. Isn't it wild to think about that? Like, like that was right before COVID really took off here. It feels like a different world, man. I'll, I'll, if she would stay for another two weeks, I will probably she would probably have to stay with me. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that was that was crazy. Um, yeah, it was just it was such a different world. Like to think about it, it literally feels like in the middle of March. That like the, the, that old world when I see old photos from before like March fifteenth or something. Yeah, some. some I'm like of that was that was a different time. That's like a yeah. whole different universe. Yeah, everything changed like instantly. Yeah, everything was like, even my life changed a lot. Like um, I mean, personally, um, you know, professionally, and and uh, as 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 a human being, I mean, I think everyone everyone has has um has been gone through, you know, a lot of things and surfing that wave might be scary, but we are still here. And I think it is an important thing too. I've been thinking about this a lot lately that we, we, we don't know what someone else is going through or has been going through during this yep. time. So I've been trying to exercise a lot of empathy and patience with people and not getting worked up um, or doing my best not to. Yeah. Because it really doesn't it doesn't help anything. Yeah, I've I've one of the things I've I've been I've been working out is and uh, being more confident going out and and you know interacting and taking precautions and things like that. Because at some point I was like I'm not gonna move out of my house. Just this is going crazy. Well, I think at the start, yeah. um, when we didn't know what was going on, I was super cautious. Yeah. And I still am very cautious. But at the start, I was compared to people I know. They thought I was like crazy because I was being like maybe overly cautious, I guess, overly, to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, everybody takes it differently, right? Everybody, yeah. everybody has their own level of cautious. And well, we had no at that point. We didn't really really have any information. No, we didn't know the how actually serious it was. Yeah, no, that was a that's a wild time, but it's um, it's it's important to to manage the the paranoia and the uh, and the fear um within ourselves you know um, i mean it's very unfortunate what what everybody probably has been through but but i think building confidence and being cautious and just following uh, things around you know um makes it easier i mean yeah for sure of course and is there anything else we have we haven't touched on that you wanted to you wanted to touch on um no just uh, keep an eye on um on um on mice, um, and, and then so if, if and that's spelled for people that want to find it M A I I Z. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, and that's the Instagram handler for the new project. Um, and um, and what, what's the, what's the significance behind the name? Is there a significance? So mice uh, in 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 in, in Spanish is is it just means corn, right? Okay. Um, that's that's the way it is. But um, but I add a, an extra I into the word. Maize. So originally it's only M-A-I-Z. That's it. But I add another I 
because uh, because uh, my name is Israel, so it starts with an I as well. And I'm like, why not? I love it. Why not? It's just like a signature right there. Um, yeah, just keep an eye on us. Um, we we we're releasing a calendar um, for pre-orders of, of tortillas and pop-ups around. Because um, you guys have a mailing list or something, right? Yeah, we have a mailing list, and then we also we uh, in our website we're gonna have a shop in there so people can shop. Uh, we we will have a stock for every week for every day of the week that we are basically it's Tuesdays on Fridays. Uh, and the day we're doing the pop up uh, at the high for any other location will we also uh, will be also on the calendar, and they can find us there. And uh, and yeah, just just keep you know I, I will just say uh, keep sharing the love for Nixtamal and and yeah, and hopefully we can be uh, in a better shape in the next couple of months. With people this. are digging what you're doing. Well, Every time I'm I put just, up a story that has like your name on it, does people people get excited? Just I'm just so grateful, man. I am. I have my my. I'm overwhelmed actually by by the uh, the support. I mean, I uh, last last week I just did a, a stop party for uh, uh, dumpling drop from Tarn, and I just had a fantastic time there, man. Just like cooking for 10, 12 people, right, and then and then having a little party with them, and then just get to know them. I mean, everyone has been just amazing. Um, I'm very supportive, and uh, I mean, Harvest Road, The Hive. I mean, Beauregard Cafe. I mean, there's many, many, many people that uh, I took very seriously, and and um, and I have a lot of respect for for what they do, and and it just continue growing in 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 a in a very nice way. Through your time in the industry. What's, is there like a, a, a takeaway or a lesson you've learned that sort of stands out above all others working with food and now with your own business? A lesson. Yeah. Or a takeaway, um, something, something you've learned. Um, dedication, time, effort, and passion. That's probably the things that I always pull first. Um, and lesson uh is to always push hard you know always the push is important you know even even if you are you know in a bad spot or retire or you're just not in your mind or your feelings are a little off uh pushing is important you know every day you know people are people people do care about other people but when you go to a restaurant or when you are cooking for someone or for many other people um they don't, they don't ask you, you know, they, they just like, they don't, they don't need to know how you feeling or like, or you have any issues, so, you know, they, they, you are there for, to, to make them feel good and, and basically to, to do their best, you know? So that's, to me, it's just like, no matter what, no matter if the, if the weather is rainy or if it's hot, if it's like, it's just snowing. You, your performance, that's what I'm trying to say, your performance should be always um, be the best. But that's hard to manage sometimes, but you have, you, I mean, you, you, you have to be willing to do that in order to uh, meet the expectations or, or the, um, I don't know the expectations, but I think the, um, the experience of, of, of a customer or, or a diners coming into, into a restaurant or, or doing whatever you do, right? That's for me, that's the performance is always, it always has to be the most important part. 
because yeah. at the end of the day it's like it's running like a show you know like a good show is 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 it's made of a, a lot of a, a lot of things that put in together at the same at the same time you know and and that's to me that's the most important part awesome yeah i know every time i ask someone that question at the end i always get a different answer and i love hearing where someone's heads at with with the experience that they've had and 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 what comes to mind that's yeah, thank you yeah i mean it is what it is at the end of the day you know yeah and and like i said at the start i just i'm excited to see where you're going to be going because there's there's special stuff or the special times ahead for you yeah me too I'm and excited. i really feel like the best is the best is to come yeah so i'm excited well, thank to you. To try to try your food moving forward and seeing what other dishes you come up with and dude I, i'm just i'm excited for you yeah i'm nervous but you know <laughs> I, I gotta keep pushing it's good, though <laughs> well you know some some people said to me well how do you feel i feel butterflies i, I feel nervous i've like perfect but if i don't have those feelings then it's something is off exactly know? i would say if you didn't have those feelings I then I, I feel like oh my god i'm just like yeah, people are gonna like it like you know it's not it's not a lack of confidence it's just like I'm no, just, but you I care. just care, yeah. you know, and then, and then so if I don't have those butterflies the day I'm doing the event, then I'm doing something wrong. I was like, maybe I'm not really passionate about this, you know? Yeah. I would agree a hundred percent. Yeah. And for anyone, if you're looking for what I'm doing, you can go to uh, www.vicfoodguys.ca and you'll find the podcast. There's a link to my Instagram. There's everything else there, but Israel, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. And you know, let, let me speak my story. Thank you. And, and actually I will say one last thing. If you made it this far, please give a like or a share or a comment or something, um, on the platform that you're listening to this on or watching this. And I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Bye.